Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, it was uh, 2005 at South Colwell High School. Um, I was a sophomore, and I was in Miss Dupree's class. And I was sitting down looking at my final exam. And it felt like a foreign language. Because it was. It was French, too. (laughs) And I was in a moment that you may have been in as well. Not at South Colwell High School, unless you've been there, which would have been kind of weird. I don't know. But I was in a moment that you've all been in. You've looked at a test or, or something that you really didn't study for, you weren't ready for, and you said a prayer. Whether you were a religious person or not, whether you were a Christian or not, whether you were a God person or not, you said a prayer that probably sounded like this. God, please help. <laughs> please. Do I need to ask in French? I don't know if I can. See vous play? I didn't remember that. So you said, God, please help. And he did not help you. (laughs) You failed the test because you didn't study, you big idiot. This is what I'm telling myself after I failed that test. Now, a test is one thing. But in life, maybe you've gone through something that's a little bit more important than a test, and you said something like, God, please help and nothing happened. The outcome that you received wasn't the one that you quite were looking for. Now, we're in a series called Too Busy Not to Pray, and and today, and in the series, we've been really talking about prayer and why it's so very important. And today, I want to talk about this idea of something that we've all experienced, the idea of unanswered prayers. What happens when I pray and nothing happens? Or what happens when I pray and actually the opposite things happen? I would imagine at some point, whether you grew up in church or not, whether you've been coming here for a long time or not, you've said a prayer. You've said a prayer. Maybe it was heartfelt. Maybe it was before a meal. Maybe it was beside a hospital bed. But you threw up some kind of of, of prayer up there, and, and you really wanted something to happen. But nothing happened. Or the opposite happened. God did not answer your prayer. Maybe, maybe you, you were left with that thought. God did not answer my prayer. Yeah, but I, I asked for something and he, he said no. He didn't say anything. Or maybe he said no. I thought he loved me. If he loves me, he should always say yes. Maybe today you've actually given up on God. Maybe you're like, I don't know, I just come here because I like the people, I like the coffee, my spouse brings me. You've given up on God because in your point of view, you've prayed and nothing happened. You prayed and the opposite happened. You prayed for a job and you didn't get one. Or you prayed to make your job better, your job would get better, and it didn't. You prayed for a spouse and you're still single. Or you prayed for your spouse to quit drinking or quit gambling or quit whatever, and they're still doing it. Maybe you prayed for a child, and you found out you can't have one. 
Or you're praying for your child to be better in school because they have struggles and it's just something's not changing. It just doesn't get better. I'm praying to God for this to happen and nothing's happening. Maybe you've prayed for a loved one to get better and they didn't. But then we read, and this is where it gets confusing, then we read some statements in the Bible. Maybe you've heard some statements read that says things like this, ask and it will be given to you. Okay, I did. I asked and it wasn't. Seek and you will find. I I was seeking, didn't find much. Knock and the door will be open. I was knocking and knocking only to find a closed door. So where's the disconnect? There's this loving God and then there's this unanswered prayer. Where's the disconnect? And maybe you've seen You've seen other people pray a prayer. Maybe you've seen other people pray and, and, and you see miracles happen. You see prayers answered. You see people healed and you think, well, why did that not happen to me? So you're left with, with these questions. Does God hear my prayers? Does he hear my prayers? Maybe it's, maybe it's something from me. Maybe it's, it's my fault. Or does God answer my prayers? Maybe it's just he has some, some people that he loves more than me. They're more Christian than me. He has some favorites that, he, that he, he says yes to, but it's not me. Because I'll be honest, I've been there. Why are my prayers not being answered? If you've had these questions before, let me look at you and say, you are not alone. You are not alone. You are in a room full of people who have probably had these questions. Some people on this stage have had these questions And actually, there's a moment in the Gospels, and and it's easy to overlook because this this encounter is this gigantic story, this this story of power and healing and a miracle. But within it are all these people who are very skeptical of Jesus because they're like, you're loving, but you're not doing what I want you to do. We find this in John 11. It says this, now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus Lord, the one you love is sick. Jesus, you know, Lazarus, the one that you love, your friend, he is sick. He is sick. When he heard this, now this is, this is wild. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, check this out. Remember this, put a pen in this. It is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. We'll continue on. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loves his entire family. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he immediately went, right? But you love him, Jesus. Come on. This is my prayer. Help him. He's sick. You've helped so many other people. You've healed so many other people. I've seen you heal the blind and the lame stand up and walk away. You've helped so many people and you love Lazarus and he is dying All you need to do is come and heal him, and he will be fine. He stayed where he was. Jesus stayed where he was. Two more days. Why? 
Jesus, please just come here. Why are you staying there for two more days? And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. He went on to tell them, this is skipping down to to verse 11. He went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, hey guys, he's not sleeping, he's dead. You know, the, the two days that we've been here, he died. He died. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. What? You loved him. And now you're saying you you could have saved him. You stayed here and squandered your time for two days. You could have saved him. And now you're glad? You're glad this is happening? I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, now there's some raw emotion in this. I love that the Bible shares this, shares this raw emotion between people and Jesus so we can see that. So when we go through times of unanswered prayers, we don't have to feel alone. We can say, oh, you know what? The people who were actually face-to-face with Jesus felt the same way I do. Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I prayed a prayer you love me and you said no. You didn't answer my prayer. Moving on to verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Which, by the way, is the easiest verse to remember. So if you're into like memorizing scripture, Easy. That's the one. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. He loved him. Verse 45. But some of them said, and once again, just this raw emotion in this moment. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Come on, Jesus. You've been healing people left and right, turning water into wine, and you couldn't help Lazarus. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, he stinks. He stinks. There is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone And then Jesus said something really incredible. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you that you have heard me. It continues on. Thank you for hearing me. I knew that you always hear me. Remember this. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped 
with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, to them, take off the grave clothes and let him, let him go. What an incredible story. But within that powerful, huge story lies these moments of people saying, if you would have just listened to me, Jesus, if you would have just done what I said, followed my plan, said yes to my request, things would be better, right? Things would have been better. But what we have to understand is Jesus says no in this moment. He says no to healing a man because in his infinite wisdom saw more than just what was in front of him. He saw more than what was just in front of him, a sick man. He saw the bigger picture. He saw past what everyone else could see. You know, if he would have went and, and healed Lazarus, it would have been great. A few people would have seen it and been amazed and incredibly grateful. They would have talked about it for, you know, for a while, I'm sure. Maybe it would have even ended up in the Bible. But, but Lazarus would just have gone down as, as a man healed by Jesus, which is powerful. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at it this way and the way that Jesus did it, Jesus said no to healing a man so he could say yes to raising a man from death. You see the difference there. So instead of a few people believing, we're talking about this man generations later, years later. Instead of a, a few people being amazed, we're amazed. And instead of just a man being healed, it was Lazarus being raised from the dead. We can't overlook that. We can't overlook the power that was displayed and the infinite wisdom that he displayed it through. I don't play, um, I don't play like cards or anything. I'm not, I'm not good at cards. I'm terrible. I, you can ask my father-in-law right there. It gets nasty sometimes in, our, in, in my wife's family because they're, they're pretty cutthroat. But I'm not good at, at hiding my cards. Hiding, so I'm just going to reveal all my cards to you right now. I'm going to tell you what this whole thing is about right here. And if you, can, you don't need to leave, but you can with this knowledge. <laughs> don't leave, though, please. It'll hurt. I'll, I'll be sad. God answers every prayer. So think back to every prayer you've ever prayed. He's answered those prayers. Now, he hasn't always answered them with yes. He hasn't, but he's answered every prayer. There's four main answers that he gives when we pray, and I'm going to go through them today. The first is this. If the request is wrong, God says no. Now, before you jump to any conclusions, like I, I, I do when I, when I hear that, God says no. Let's take a step back. My kids eight years old, six years old, four years old, would love to have candy for breakfast. How loving of a father would I be if I said yes to that request? They would like it for maybe a couple of days. My kids would tell me, oh, I'm, I can't finish my dinner, dad. I'm stuffed. What's for dessert? You got to finish your dinner before you get your dessert. That's just knowledge. I think it's in the Bible. 
A loving parent never says yes to everything. I love my kids way too much to say yes to everything. God is too loving to say yes to every single request. We also have to understand the impact. Take a step back and and understand the ripple effect that a yes or no prayer has. Now, I I don't know why certain people are, are healed or certain people die, but what I do know, what I do know is I've been to a lot of funerals where, where people took their first steps in following Jesus. You see the impact of a, of a no, please God heal this person, and, and that person dies, and at that funeral, people are coming alive in Christ. We don't understand, we can't understand, we don't have the scope of understanding the impact of a no. We're just we're too human, we're just too too small to understand. I mean, growing up, I was the 10th grade year. After my 10th grade year, uh, I had two friends, Matt and Carson, who passed away in a car accident. And they were rushed to the hospital, and we prayed for them, we prayed for them, and we prayed for them. And I'm thinking, God, if you love us, if you love him, why do they need to die? And they died, both of them. But I'm standing here today My faith changed because of that. My friend's faith, our entire class's faith changed because of their lives. That's power that we can't understand. That's power that we cannot see. That is Jesus saying no to healing Lazarus so he can bring him back from the dead. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard but God can do more with a no than we can ever imagine. Know that. God can do more with a no than we can ever imagine. Now, that's not like the prosperity gospel, okay? I'm not saying God's not going to give you a job because you're going to win the lottery next week. If you do, call me. (laughs) Call me. The no will hurt. The no may make us have those questions. Why aren't you answering my prayers? But when we begin to understand the scope of yes or no, it helps us walk through those times a little bit easier. It's not a punishment. It's just a no. Dad, can we have uh, candy for breakfast? No. You're not in trouble. I love you. This is not a punishment. It's just no. Now, sometimes we think it's a no, but it's not. The second thing I want to talk about, so the second answer, if the timing is wrong, it's, God says, slow. Slow down. Slow down. Be patient. Don't rush it. My son Liam always asks, can I watch this movie? What's it rated? Uh, PG-13. No, not right now. You're eight. Can I play this game? What's it rated? 12 plus. Not yet. Can I ride in the front seat? Can I go on this roller coaster? I love you too much to let you do these things before you're ready. You're not ready. It's not a no, it's a slow. Be patient, calm down, don't rush it, just wait. Just wait. We think we know what we need, we know what we want. We need it right now, right here and right now, God. You do it right here, right now. 
Sometimes God's answer is, slow down. Be patient. You're not ready yet. You'll be ready one day, just not yet. Now, another answer. This is, this is a tough one. I'm up here spitting. You guys are in the splash zone. <laughs> if you're wrong, because sometimes we're wrong when we pray. God says, grow. He says, grow. Um, this is not a made-up story. This is a real story. Uh, my son, and, and, and let me just say this. All my stories today have been about my kids because I believe I've learned more about God in my children than I, I, I really ever have in, in, in any other place. Um, because you understand this parent-child uh, relationship. So my son Liam, he's like super generous to his siblings one day, and he's giving them stuff, and he's loving on them, and he's just caring for them. And I'm like, this is not like him at all. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you are just really a great brother today, bud. And he's yeah, you know, I'm trying. You know, Jesus loves me, and I should love other people. You know, it's fun, you know, whatever. I'm like, man, I'm just so proud of you. And then later that day, he's like, hey, you remember when I did that nice thing? There's this pair of Jordans that are like 150. You think I could get those? You buy, buy them for me? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What was all this nice talk before? You know, his motives were all out of whack. You see, his motives were all out of whack. And when he came to ask for something, he was like, oh, wait, wait. Why are you asking that? We have to be aware of, of, of our motives when we pray. It's hard. It's hard. We have to be aware of our motives. What are my motives? Who do they benefit? I have some questions that, that uh, stumped me because I, this is, this is a, these are hard questions to, to ask yourself when you pray. Does this request bring glory to him? It, it's what I'm praying for. It's what I'm praying about going to bring glory to him. The second question, does it advance his kingdom? It's what I'm praying for, advance the kingdom of God in my community, in my home, in my school, at my place of work. Does it advance his kingdom? When I pray, does this request help people? Does this help people? And lastly, does this request grow me spiritually? Is what I'm praying for going to grow me? Is it going to help other people? Is it going to bring glory to God and advance his kingdom? Because if it's not, if it's no to all those, then maybe your motives are out of whack. What are you praying for? What are you praying for? Most of my prayers help me make better decisions, help me and my family be safe, help me in this situation, me, 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 me. Now, oh yeah, and help the sick person too. Right? we got to throw that, throw that on the end. Now, let me, let me say this very clearly. There's nothing wrong with praying for guidance or help or wisdom. I think you should pray for your marriage, and you should pray for your job, and you should pray for your kids, and pray for all those things. We're supposed to do that. But when your prayer life consists of making your life easier, your life better, and your life pain-free, then what we're actually doing is we're actually making God into a genie who must answer our requests. I want an easy life, a pain-free life, and a fun life, and all the things I want to be great. Thank you, genie. You see what we do? We make God into 
a genie with three requests that he cannot say no to. Does this prayer bring glory to him, advance his kingdom, help people, and grow me spiritually? The last uh, answer he gives, if all is aligned, if, if timing, motives, and requests are aligned, God says go. It's yes. It's a yes. And that's amazing. That's an amazing thing when you pray for something and you watch it unravel and, and unfold in front of you and you're like, this is, this is what I've prayed for. I prayed for this job and I got it. Thank you, Jesus. I prayed for this family and now I have it. I prayed for my, that sick person and now they're healed. And that is amazing. But I don't want to talk about that much longer because even if you get a no, because the yeses are fun and easy, even if you get a no, a couple things happen. When you pray, a couple things happen. Prayer changes you. Prayer changes you. It helps us align our motives. It helps us shift our motives. When we're reading God's word, when we're praying to God, it helps us shift our, our motives. It helps us shift our timelines. God, I want it now. I want it now. And we read and we, we pray more and we're like, wait, maybe I'm not ready. We begin to align our timelines. It changes us. It helps us understand who God really is. And ultimately, the gospel the gospel secures and brings hope to every single answer. No, grow, slow, or go. I can't believe I remembered all those. It brings hope to every one of them. Even if the answer you received wasn't the one you were looking for or prayed for or hoped for, because of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we can have hope in every answer. A no, or a grow, or a go, or a slow, almost missed that one, are not hopeless. They're not hopeless because we have hope in the gospel in all of those answers. We have hope in all of those answers because I believe regardless of what the answer is that you get from that prayer, God will use it for your good and his glory in ways that you may not see, in ways that, that your, your kids may understand long after you're gone. Or your grandkids, you will not understand the ripple effect that happens from the no, the go, grow, or slow that you receive. You just won't understand the entire impact. So I want to, I want to leave you with, I want to leave you with something. I want to leave you with some homework. And I'm serious about this. I know people say that. I want to leave you with homework. I'm going to check it. I'm going to check. I want you to do something for me. I'm going to, I'm going to commit to doing, I'm going to commit to, to saying, I'm, this is recorded right now. So I'm committing to this publicly. I want you to start writing down your prayers for a couple reasons. I want you to start, even if it's just a list, this is what I'm praying for. 
This is what I'm praying for every day. This is what I'm praying for. On a post-it note, in a journal, in your phone, on your computer, I don't care. This is what I'm praying for. A couple things will happen. You'll start to align your life to God's timeline and God's motives and your motives. You'll start to shift. You'll start to see your heart change a little bit as you write those things down. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to do it for a week and then and look back. Do it for a month and then look back. Do it for a year and then look back. And look at what you've prayed for. And I want you to, to notice the yeses and celebrate those. We've got to celebrate the yes. But more importantly, I want you to notice the no's. God, I prayed for this person that they were healed and they died. God, I... I prayed for my job to get better and I lost my job. God, I prayed for my marriage to get better and it hasn't changed. And I want you to look back at those prayers and I want you to make another list. So there's a lot of lists. I want you to understand all the good that God can do in the nose. God, my family member died even though I prayed for them, but God, because of that, my cousin at the funeral met you for the first time. You see the good that God used through a death? God, I, I prayed for this. I prayed for this, and I didn't get it. But I'm going to zoom out, and I'm going to look at all the things that you did through that no. I, I, I prayed for this, God. And I didn't, I, I don't even know if I, I really got an answer. I, maybe I, I need to look at it, and, and maybe it was a slow, or maybe it was a grow, or maybe it was a no. But God, I'm zooming out, and I'm looking at all that you did, all the good that you did through that prayer. Not just in that situation, not just like Lazarus, like Lazarus is just right here. Like, I'm praying for this thing right here. But God, I know that while I pray for this, you're working in here. That's so important. You're working in my heart. You're changing my heart. And you're working around my life. You're using me to work around this situation. And that is an amazing thing to do. What God can do, the amazing things that God can do in a no. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.